0: The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Central Oregon. The interview was conducted on the Wednesday edition of The Point, a local affairs show that airs Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM and KPOV.org. Our guest this morning is Jennifer Stevens, Executive Director of the Redmond Spirit Foundation. Welcome to The Point, Jennifer, and thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be able to see you also. I love Zoom. Yes. So so could you tell us, and especially me, since Louise, this was Louise's interview, and she's the one that's done all the research, what exactly is the Redmond Spirit Foundation and what is its mission?
1: Yeah, well, thank you again for having me and uh, working through all these technical difficulties. Happy to happy to be here. The Redmond Spirit Foundation really the, well the mission is investing in programs, projects, practices, and initiatives that create and serve a robust, inclusive, and thriving family friendly community. So that's a pretty pretty broad, but there is a lot of a lot of passion and a lot of specifics that go behind that.
0: Louise said that the Redmond Spirit Foundation was founded in May of 2018. It got off to a great start. And uh, our listeners may remember that we had Angela Boothroyd, one of the founders right here for uh, one of our earlier shows when the foundation had its kickoff. Then all of a sudden, about
1: a month later, momentum stalled. What happened? Yeah, yeah. So um, really great start, Angela is an amazing person, and uh, she had an amazing co-founder. His name was David Foote, and he really was the driving force and the energy. I think he was the the visionary behind Redmond Spirit Foundation and uh, just the structure of this organization and and knew that it would be very successful in a community like Redmond. But he suddenly passed away, and it gives me goosebumps to even still talk about it. Even though I didn't have the pleasure of ever getting to know David, um, his legacy certainly lives on. The board members, supporters, you know, they were all grieving the loss of their friend and the co-founder of the Redmond Spirit Foundation. But because he really was the visionary, it took a little, it took him back a step. So they momentum stalled, and that's exactly how we kind of refer to it, that they really needed to look at how this would move forward. And as a founding donor at the time, you know, kind of I was able to watch from the outside and see, you know, how this is going. Um, but everybody knew that there was a great need and the launch was very successful. It had a lot of traction. And uh, so there was a, a great commitment to regroup and figure out how to go forward and really continue David's legacy and vision. I bet that was a big shock. It takes a long time to get over
0: grieving. It's a whole process. Mm-hmm. So was the project ever in danger of not continuing?
1: Yeah. So that's a, you know, that's a good question. And I think the board really did a lot of reflection over the months after its passing. I think the seed was planted in a way that the Redmond Spirit Foundation would have continued, but maybe looked a little different. So because that launch was successful and uh, the, the founding board members have all stayed involved, I think that it would have, I don't think it was ever at risk of stopping completely. It just might have looked a little different. Um, and in the year, couple years since the launch, we have expanded awareness within the nonprofit network. We've uh, been able to sort of regain some of that momentum and, um, and really try to stay true to what David's vision was. We're not quite there to our goal yet, but um, we're regaining that momentum. Great. That's awesome. I'm back. There's Louise. I, I no. was going to say
2: you're back, Louise. Well, yes. good, good old Ben Broadband. Oops, can I say that? Um, no. so, <laughs> so, Jennifer, a bit about you. Give us some background on you and how you came to be named Executive Director of the Foundation.
1: Yeah, so I grew up um, in Bend and moved away to go to college and start my career. My husband's also from Bend and many generations in Central Oregon. And so when we decided to raise family, we moved back, knowing that this is such a, a wonderful place. And now having three young boys, I have three-year-old twins and a five-year-old that's in school in kindergarten now. Um, so it was difficult for me to find a way to be involved in the community as a a mom of babies, I still had that desire to get involved. um, And I did a lot of volunteering prior to having kids just needed to look a little different. And so I was a founding donor to the Redmond Spirit Foundation and was actually there for the launch and heard Angela give the pitch. And I was fully on board from that very first moment. And so one day I just asked Angela for coffee and said, hey, you know, what's what's going on and how can I help? I have a little bandwidth, but I it's something I need to do after the kids are in bed or you know, during nap time. And I think I have some skills that might be able to help. So I met with the board and they were happy to bring me on. It's a completely voluntary position, but it is something that um, I feel I'm able to help. Further the organization, and uh, you know, of course, COVID affected the entire world. But we've been able to sort of pivot and around and see how we can still make a difference. Um, so yeah, so that's a little short version of how how I got involved in my unique volunteer role.
2: We all did a lot of pivoting in 2020. So the foundation started in 2018. Were any funds actually distributed
1: in 2018? It, no, no. In 2018, the launch, they did a great job of collecting over $18,000. And so in 2019, we made the first distribution. In 2018, if that momentum wouldn't have solved, the, the goal was to do the launch and um, and then also do the distribution. But they were taking a pause to kind of figure out what the future of the organization looked like. So we picked up the ball in 2019 and did the first distribution at that time of all the funds that were, raised from the launch. And those funds were
2: actually divided among uh, four different Redmond charities. Talk to us about those distributions. To whom were they given and how were the funds used?
1: So, um, so Reach is um, in Redmond. That was the largest, I believe we gave them $10,000. And that was towards their ongoing operations for youth programs. Um, They run a program when Redmond schools are closed. So, before, after when schools are closed, like during spring break and summer breaks. And they used to be the Boys and Girls Club.
0: Yes. I just wanted to say that my my grandkids have benefited greatly by Reach. My granddaughter loves going there before and after kindergarten. It's fantastic. I know it's, I think it's closed right now because of COVID, but uh, last year it was fantastic for her.
1: Yeah, they really, really are an amazing organization. And all of these organizations were very specific about Serving Redmond kids specifically. And, um, it's one of the, one of the beautiful things about the Redmond Spirit Foundation. And another program that receives funding was, um, Bula's Place. And they have a lot of, a lot of needs and a wonderful organization. Uh, the funds from this distribution were to help complete their at risk teen center and really to help develop and expand their um their work skills program and also some scholar some college scholarships. So we were able to complete the teen center and then also help them expand some of the other services for Redmond teens um Through Beulah's Place, which is a wonderful, wonderful organization, and then uh, Every Child Central Oregon—they are—they support foster families in Redmond, and they put together these uh, these kits for some of the basic needs that foster kids might not have. So, um, a set of sheets or clothing, a a couple new pairs of shoes, or maybe a car seat, just to help alleviate some of the burden from the family that's taking on a foster child in Redmond, and then also Smart. Um, they also uh, we were able to get some books, um, so 350 books for the funds that w- and those went to students at the early Redmond Early Learning Center.
2: As we all know, 2020 was a tough year for nonprofits, um, as most of their fundraisers were canceled due to COVID, and yet the need for services was at an all-time high. You must have had a lot of applications for
1: funds. Indeed, we did. So we opened up in 2020 a distribution for $10,000 and. 30 organizations. It was a two-week period and 30 organizations returned an application.
2: So how were those funds distributed in 2020?
1: Yeah, so we were able to donate uh, $7,000 to the Central Oregon Veterans Ranch for them to get towards a new tractor, which they've been using a 1940s tractor. So that'll be a great improvement for them. I have seen that tractor as a wreck. Yes, and then we also were able to sponsor through uh, Camp Eagle Cap to cover uh, one summer camp attendee, and we also were able to donate funds to Central Oregon Autism Movement for some sensory and safety kits for some of the families. So a really a really broad range um, and great coverage. So Jen, tell us a little bit about Camp Eagle Cap. So they are um, a summer camp, and the eligible attendees they are nominated, and they're children from. Redmond that have lost either one or both parents to either um, suicide, incarceration, addiction, um, something like that. And so really at risk youth that are nominated by either community members or maybe they have a friend that's gone and are nominated that way. So they get to go out in the wilderness. And uh, there's a lot of information about how to get involved with Camp Eagle Cap. It's a yeah, wonderful, wonderful program. And some really great stories that have come from that.
2: And speaking of stories, you actually featured every single organization that requested funds on your Facebook page. How
1: come? We did. So we knew that $10,000 doesn't split 30 ways very easily. Um, and so to be able to have the monetary support is great. But there's also ways that we as the Redmond Spirit Foundation can help raise awareness. And so in the one page short application, all of the nonprofits gave a little description about their organization and also what their immediate needs for funds were. That was one of the things we wanted to get this $10,000 out into the community immediately. And knowing that this is an existing need, we did individual posts on our Facebook page linked to either their social media or their website. And people were able to kind of uh, snackable little information. They were able to see, okay, here's an organization. Here's what they do. Here's what they need today. And they could share that information or get involved as just a way to help raise awareness for all of the eligible um, applications that came through. And the
2: donors actually had a voice in where those dollars went.
1: They do. Yeah. So all of the donors, that's one of the vision um part of the vision for the Redmond Spirit Foundation is that all of the donors, our goal is to collect a thousand donors who give a hundred dollars a year and then they get to have a say in where the funds go. So if they donate a hundred dollars, they actually get to be making a decision about where 10,000 goes or hopefully someday a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. And so we go through and it's part of the reason we do a one page application. We want to make it easy on the nonprofits applying, but we also want to make it on (laughs) easy on the donors reviewing 30 applications. And then they vote, they rank um, where they would like those funds to go and give feedback to the board. And then the board reviews all of that information. And in terms of the the 2019 and 2020, um, the board went with what the donor recommendations were. That's a little bit about the process.
2: It's your goal to make donations large enough to be fiscally changing, to an organization, what's meant by that?
1: So when we when we get to reach that thousand donors at hundred dollars a year, we will be in a place where we can really invest in capital projects that will be life changing for the organization, make them self sustainable, or maybe have a permanent location that gives them stability to really expand their services or do things that they otherwise you know might not have the you know the risk to do. And so some of the applications that we receive. <laughs> Are towards capital do you campaigns, go? and so uh, yeah. Hopefully, someday we'll be able to to support them in a bigger way. Wonderful. So I was just wondering. You said each donor gave a hundred dollars. Is it only individuals, or are there co- corporate sponsors as well? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It's actually something we get um, asked quite a bit. So we do have some businesses who have donated. Mid Oregon Credit Union and Hayden Homes have both donated, and it's their way to give to empower the donors in Redmond to help make the decision. And so they are annual donors, which is wonderful. And it goes into the pool that the donors get to help decide and allocate um, and make recommendations of where those funds go. So, well, anybody can donate. <laughs> You'll take anybody's money. Yep. <laughs> where can our <laughs> listeners
2: go to find out more information about the Spirit Foundation?
1: So, our primary outlet right now is Facebook. It's a since it's a place for people to engage, and we're Redmond Spirit Foundation on Facebook. Uh, we also, if anybody has any questions about how to donate, how where when to apply, want to get on our email list, um, they can email us at redmondspirit@gmail.com. That's another great way to reach out if there's any questions.
2: Do the organizations have to be located in Redmond?
1: So serving Redmond is the criteria. A, you have to be a 501c3 and serving disadvantaged or at-risk populations within Redmond. Sometimes there are, there are organizations that might be headquartered in Bend, but they serve Redmond um, or SMART, for example, you know, they, it specifically goes to Redmond students. So even if they're not headquartered in Redmond, but have a specific program, then we carve that out in the application.
0: So it looks like we have uh, about a minute, minute and a half left. Is there anything that we haven't asked you yet that you'd like to tell us about your organization?
1: Um, Well, I would just say that if anybody wants to get involved, even sometimes the $100 a year is a little bit intimidating and there's other ways to get involved, uh, reach out either through the Facebook page or my email. There are other ways to get involved. Um, This social media sharing, um, we are looking for some volunteers to help with event planning back when, you know, or when we get to do that again someday and even five or $10 donations, even if they want to start, you know, we won't turn anybody down who wants to be involved. So do you have any events planned or any kind of zoom type events going on? Um, Not yet. We are doing some planning, um, soon to kind of figure out okay is summertime going to be when we can maybe do a, an outdoor in 2019 we did our distribution all in to- together and that was wonderful so hopefully we'll get to do that again someday. Good.
0: Let's keep our fingers crossed. It looks Uh, like um, the numbers that well, the numbers are getting better. And it looks as if more vaccines are happening. So I think people are feeling more and more comfortable to be out and about.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Jennifer Stevens. We really appreciate talking with you. We hope our guests will go and check out your I mean, our uh, listeners will go and check out your Facebook page.
1: Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.